Merry Christmas, everyone. All right. Wasn't that good? All of it. The saxophone, the music, uh, the singing, and then that duo that was up here just before me. Man, that one guy with an incredible cute accent. Don't you love how you pronounce some of those words? That's our student pastor, folks. He's awesome, okay? He's awesome. And then Michael, who just, he's crazy. I, I think he... He's just flat crazy. I am so glad that you have chosen to be here with you and your family or your friends or by yourself, whatever. And uh, we're thrilled that you're here. And one of the things that we value here at North, above everything else, is Jesus Christ. And Jesus has revealed himself through his word. Matter of fact, the beginning in Genesis all the way through Revelation is all about Jesus. It really is. If you've never looked at the word that way, it really is all about him. Matter of fact, it says in the New Testament, he came in the volume of the book. And we believe that this Bible that's filled with 66 books of the Bible is God's love story to us. And I just want to read some scripture from this book, from the book of Luke chapter number one. And I want to just kind of look at a few verses that you can look in your Bible, your phone, or you can look on the screen that I feel like are so very important for us to understand when it comes to this Christmas season. And specifically, I want to talk about Mary. You know, this, today and this past few days at Christmas at North, if you happen to make it, if you didn't, you can go listen to it online. I talked about Christmas courage. And I really feel like I wanted to continue that with part number two for our candlelight experiences. And so we talked about the courage of Joseph, but I want to talk about the courage of Mary because it took a lot for her to be able to do what she did and to say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to be used of you. Verse number 26, the Bible says this, look what it says. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. His kingdom will never end. Some of you may need courage this Christmas season for whatever means, for whatever reason. And I want to pray over you. And I just pray that God opens your heart to be able to receive the truths of God's word today. Okay. Can we do that? Let's close our eyes and let's pray. Father, I thank you for what you're doing here with us. I just thank you for all the adults, the kids, all of us that are gathered right now to just reflect and celebrate on what you have given us through Jesus Christ. Now, God, may you open up our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. May we walk away with spiritual truths that are going to transform our life. And God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, I pray it done. And everyone said a big... Come on, that was good. I was very impressed. 
<laughs> I didn't mean that one to strike a chord with you, but I guess it did. I was thinking back this week, back whenever I was um, in college, it was my freshman year, that an event, circumstances that took a lot of courage for me. Um, I'd been dating a young girl for some time that was, um, uh, I'd gotten close to, and in fact, she was more serious in the relationship than me, but I was like, still, I, I liked her, loved her family. And I remember knowing um, I, I could kind of feel it from others, family and friends that, you know, this is not what God intended for me. And, and I remember struggling with that and being afraid, afraid of letting go. I, I remember me struggling with the idea of like, maybe there's no one else out there. Maybe this is the one that God has. I can't let this go. And, but at the same time, I just kept feeling this nudge to let go, to let loose and not to hang on. Down deep inside, I knew it was the best thing, and eventually I did. But it was a long, gruesome journey of healing for me emotionally because you get attached. You get to know somebody. But letting go and obeying God was the best thing that ever happened to me. I look back now, and you know what? Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? It's easy to look back and say, oh, yeah, that was the best thing. But when you're in the smack dab in the middle of something, it's hard to be able to see the right thing to do. And even when you know it's the right thing to do, it's very hard to act on that right thing and do what you know is the best thing. And so it took a lot of courage for me. I look back at this story here and for Mary, it took an incredible amount of courage for her to do what she did. I mean, can you imagine this has never happened in the span of human history. And she's the first one. This doesn't make sense. And here she is acting in incredible courage. And it takes courage to let go. And I want to give you a few things that Mary had to let go of that maybe you need to let go of if you're going to experience all the great things that God has for you. First off is this. You may want to write this down if you've got notes. Is that he, she had to let go of understanding and being understood. <clears throat> so many times we want to understand fully, completely before we let go of something, right? Or we want to be understood. Uh, recently we had a young family over at our house and the young boy, three years of age, his name's Oliver. And Oliver came up to me because it was kind of a, a, a Christmas brunch, but there were some people who had brought over some gifts for me for my birthday. And he saw all those gifts and this three-year-old wanted me to open these gifts. And so he was all pumped about it. And so he comes to me and he just starts gibbering and saying words. And I couldn't understand one word he was saying. I get down on his level, right down to him and said, now, Oliver, what? And I'm trying to listen. I could barely catch pres present, 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 presence. I still couldn't get what he wanted me to do. And finally his dad overheard and he came to over and listened in. He said, I think he wants you to go open all of your presents. But it was amazing the amount of energy for about three minutes that he spent trying to get across his idea to me. And sometimes we spend a lot of energy trying to be understood. Oftentimes we try to fit into the crowds around us with the people we work with. And it's easy to just kind of fit in instead of going the opposite way and doing what God wants you to do. Because I have found this, that when you follow Jesus Christ, not everybody is going to understand why you do what you do. 
You see, because when you follow Jesus, you will be misunderstood in life. It's guaranteed. In fact, it says here in the passage that she was confused and she was disturbed. And Mary tried to think, she tried to think, what could the angel mean by all of this? You see, sometimes God will speak things to you and you're trying to figure it out. And at some point, you've got to stop figuring out and just simply obey God. Like going back to my situation, instead of trying to figure out all of this stuff in relationships, I just simply had to obey God and suck it up and move forward. Because I'm sure Mary wanted even more, more than what she got. She got just a visit from the angel, which is pretty significant. But when you're talking about giving birth and you've never had sex and all of a sudden it's the child, the child's the son of God? How, how is this gonna happen? I want more proof. But I don't know about your Bible. Somebody hand me a Bible. Somebody got a Bible they can hand me? You, you, got, you got a Bible? Anybody got a Bible? Nobody, nobody has a Bible in this church? <laughs> Anybody got a Bible, a heart Bible, a phone Bible, the verses right there? And nobody? Okay. Well, bring it up here. Bring it up here. I, I'm a... Well, praise the Lord. Somebody has a Bible in this. Now, I'm going to look at this one, too. You stay right there, Brenda. No, no, I'm not going to make you read it. I'm going to make you read it. I know you've got to have your reading glasses. She said that. I didn't say that. You just didn't hear it. this understanding thing. You didn't hear what we heard. Okay. I, you know what? I, your Bible reads like mine and it doesn't give any more information to her than just simply those words. Okay. You, you would think that you would give like much more. Let me, let me read yours. What, what translation you have here? No translation. She doesn't even know her translation. This church, I am concerned. Find a Luke. I'll find Luke for you. It's in the New Testament, Brenda. She, this woman's awesome. It doesn't give anything here. It says basically the same thing mine. You know what? I, I, if I was in her shoes, I'd probably be saying, I, I need more information this. I need more proof. I, I got to understand this better. Is, is anyone tracking with me? Thank you, Brenda. Give it up for Brenda, everybody. Would you do it? But God didn't give her anymore. There comes a point in your life that you've got enough. You just need to trust God and obey what God has given you. Second thing is this. She had to let go not only of understanding and being understood, she had to let go of control. You know, really, I go back to my situation, that relationship. Oftentimes, the reason why we do not let go of control is out of fear. So we cling and we hang on. I, I was reading something this past week that you've probably heard before is that one of the ways they trap apes in, um, in like Africa or wherever the apes may be in India or wherever they may be is that they, they, these apes will reach into a, to get food and you got to reach in with their hand like this and they'll reach in and they'll grab the food and make a fist. And when they make the fist, they can't pull their hand out of the trap. But they will stay there trapped 
and not let go of the food, even though they cannot get their hand out of that until somebody comes and captures them. That's what control will do for you. When you hang on and not let go, it holds you trapped so that you can't move on. Come on, we learn it early in life, don't we? Don't we? Think about it, kids. Come on, parents. They grab a toy early on and they grab it from another kid and hang on to it and say what? Mine. And they're, they're like, their fist is clenched. And you know what? We make a big mistake in life when we go through life with our fists clenched and say, I want it my way. God, I, I, want, I want mine. I want what I want out of life. When I want out of life, who I want out of life, I want to do it. And the best way to live your life is your hands wide open saying, God, I give it to you. I want you to lead me. Look at verse number 34. It says here that Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. You know what she had to do? She had to realize that we make our plans, but it's God who directs our steps. And you gotta follow his steps. And if you learn to let go of your future and lay hold of God's preferred future for your life, then you can really experience living to the fullest. The third thing that she had to let go of is this. She had to let go of facing life alone. This is interesting to me to note when I found this in the scripture because God always places somebody to help you in the journey if you're looking and listening. But oftentimes we isolate ourselves and it's isolation that breeds deception, breeds loneliness, and ultimately comes bad decisions in our life. Hear me. It is so true. I see it again and again. I, I was reading something this week that basically said that um, loneliness happens the greatest measure in those that are in their mid-20s to early 30s, again in your 50s, and there's a range, and each person's a little different, and then again later on in life when you hit your 80s. And they said it's in your mid-20s because oftentimes you begin to question, did you make the right decision, your spouse, you've been married sometimes two, three or four years, or maybe you still are single and you want to be married and you feel like you've missed out and you've got all of these issues that are going on you struggle with in your mid-50s, you're feeling like you really begin to realize all the success that you have in life has really not been significance and that really what you start realizing is that life is really about being significant than having success. And that by the time you're in your 80s, what's happened is a lot of your friends and family, people that you've did life with are also dying around you and you feel that sense of loneliness. And in this story, Mary, God placed someone in her life. Because you see, pain and disappointment will cause you to retreat into a bubble. And you know what settles in in isolation is pride. Pride causes us to isolate ourselves. And it says, I can do this alone. I can make this happen alone. I'm gonna do this alone. But Mary didn't do that. Notice this in verse number 36. It says, what's more, your relative, this is God speaking to Mary, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and now 
is in her sixth month. So the word of God will never get that fail. That's important to notice. God gave her somebody. And then you know what she did then? I don't have time to go into the scripture, but she actually left where she lived. She traveled a lot of miles to get to her relative. And there she stayed with her until the baby was getting close to being born. Think about that for just a moment. She had somebody that would share the journey with her. It is so important that you do not isolate yourself in life, but you share the journey together. And I'm not talking about a journey that's built around some hobbies or a job. I'm talking about a journey that's centered around Jesus Christ. He said, the scripture says this, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. There is something so significant and powerful about that. When you do life with other men, women, families, individuals that centered on Christ Jesus, you are protected. The Bible says there is safety in the multitude of counselors. Look at verse number 38. Verse number 38 says that Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her. Hear hear me on this. The angel did not stay around constantly reassuring her that you made the decision. No, she listened, she surrendered, and then the angel left. There's been times in my life I've had incredible experiences of God. To be honest with you, I would love to have that every day because it'd make faith a whole lot easier. But that's exactly the whole meaning of the life of faith is simply saying, I'm going to take the step and I'm going to begin to obey God even when I can't feel even when I don't know for sure, even when I feel misunderstood and I do not understand, even when I want to control, even when I want to isolate, I'm going to trust and throw myself out there and do my best to obey God. You see the Christmas courage that I'm talking about. I want you to write this down in your notes. Christmas courage is about living completely surrendered to God's purpose and plan for your life. That's what Christmas courage is all about. Living surrendered completely to God's purpose and plan for your life. Right now, maybe you haven't surrendered everything to God. Today you can do that. What an amazing Christmas that would be to surrender everything to him and say, God, no longer am I going to do this on my own. I'm going to surrender to you. I want eyes closed across this place, no one looking around. Let's please be reverent and let's invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Father, I pray right now that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you begin to reveal yourself to individuals. God, it's so easy to try to stay in control but God you're asking us to let go to let go of control let go of understanding everything and being understood let go of facing life alone and do it together with others following Christ Jesus with all eyes closed and no one looking around I want to ask this right now. Maybe you're here and you need Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
You can try to hang on to your way of living and do it yourself. It's not going to work. It's never going to work. You've got to learn to trust God. Surrender your life completely to Him, fully. I want us all to repeat this prayer after me, every single one of us. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you, to your purpose and plan for my life. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Make me a new creation. I surrender everything to you. I'm taking up my cross and I'm following you, Jesus. And I pray this in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said a big...